0: Are you someone with a dream, passion, and desire to become an entrepreneur? Hi, I'm Corey Mosley, and I'm on a mission to provide education and empowerment to aspiring entrepreneurs. If that's you, you're invited to join me every week as I talk with everyday entrepreneurs committed to beating the odds and building their businesses. Welcome to the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. That's right. This is the destination to hear from other entrepreneurs who are out there in the marketplace making it happen every day. As always, I'm your host, Corey Mosley. I've got another great episode with you. I've got another great hustling entrepreneur that's just, you know, she's working 24 uh, 7. I don't know. I don't know where she's, how she sleeps, when she sleeps. I don't know anything, but I do know I was riding my motorcycle. Uh, in my hometown and I was going down a road we call I-64 and I'm riding on I-64 and I look up and I see this billboard and there's her name, Holly Bird Miller, just just all over the billboard, all over everything. And I said, you know what? I know her from some mutual friends and some other guests I've actually had on the show. said, I got to have Holly Bird Miller on the show and Holly Miller is an award-winning professional makeup artist who has over 20 years of experience. She is the CEO uh, for Makeup by Holly, also known as Makeup by Holly Beauty Partners. She's freelanced and worked with some of the greatest international companies such as Giorgio Armani Beauty, Yves Saint Laurent, Chanel, and Laura Mercier. She is a certified makeup instructor and has traveled throughout the country educating everyday women and future makeup artists on beauty trends and the fundamentals of makeup artistry. Her passion as a beauty consultant allows her to empower women to look and feel their best and she's trained with some of the best. She's trained with some of the hands-on names that you would know in the makeup community like Derek Rutledge who is Oprah's current makeup artist and also Reggie Wells who's the former makeup artist to Oprah. So pretty soon I expect Holly to be working with Oprah actually. Holly thank you for joining the show today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Corey. It's an honor to be here.
0: So you're super busy, you your billboards, you got things going. I'm seeing you popping up all over social media. But I thought it was interesting to have you on the show because you also are doing all of this, you know, literally somewhere. I'm seeing you at some ball gown you know somewhere working but you're also coming in every day doing some good work within the medical life-saving field also so you're holding down the full-time job I want to talk to you today about perfecting the side hustle and building the side hustle because that's a lot I I meet people all over the country and that's a big thing where they say Corey you know I have this passion I have this idea but financially you know I'm not ready to commit I don't have it all figured out yet or I actually love my job but I have this passion over here that I want to turn into a business. And you're basically the living example of that. So, talk to the audience a little bit, just kind of about how your passion for makeup kind of started and, and education, and just give us a little backstory.
1: Sure. I'd be honored to. So my passion for makeup began when I was 14 years old. So a very, very long time ago. I was very fortunate that my mother allowed me to be creative and kind of explore in that area. And I quickly became a beauty enthusiast. I love how makeup not only made me look on the exterior, but how it made me feel on the interior. I believe that we all have inner beauty that radiates outward. And so I was very fortunate to learned that very early on at a very early age and so i quickly took that passion for makeup and you know just put it into everything that i was doing um, in the community the community started to to hear about my passion and and my skill and so they started reaching out to me for various events such as proms and then i started doing weddings And I mean, and over the years, it has grown to places that I didn't even know that I could actually go. I'm really fortunate now that I have a number, a host, a list of corporate clients. I've worked with over hundreds of corporate clients and entrepreneurs and CEOs and business professionals throughout Maryland, Virginia, D.C. Um, Now I'm really excited that we're going into Houston, Texas. So this passion has really opened up some amazing doors for me and I'm very fortunate that it has become a very lucrative business.
0: So let me ask you this because obviously the makeup industry and makeup artists I mean there's a lot of people out there a lot of have their they have their rendition there's endless amounts of tutorials and Facebook you know videos and YouTube superstars and and all this stuff. How do you separate the idea of I'm dabbling versus I'm running a business because one of the things I've observed from you is there are specific business things like it's not just hey hire me to come shellac your face with makeup (laughs) for a few bucks right which is kind of that hustle freelance makeup artist deal there's a business at hand right you're you're doing instruction sessions beginner mm-hmm. sessions organize things where 40 50 you know women are coming I guess mostly women but um, maybe not exclusive women but you know where you're having 40 50 people come together for education so it's not hey I do makeup call me right this is a, a business that you've really worked to create how is your thinking become different basically from that kind of, like I said, fast and loose, I'll charge by the hour or something um, to making it a business?
1: Great question, Corey. And um, you're right. I do approach, (laughs) I do approach my makeup artistry as a business because it's not going to thrive. I'm not going to be able to sustain it unless I put on my business hat and think through like any other CEO of a of a Fortune 500 company would think about That's it. Right. I have over 20 years of managerial experience. I have sales, marketing, and business development experience that I've been able to to learn over the years from working in the corporate environment. I also have a business degree, and so I bring all of that experience and that education into my makeup business, and I run it like a full on business. It is 24 mm. seven nonstop, but I'm I'm practicing. You know, I have a marketing plan. I have a strategy. I have revenue projections. I have profit and loss statements. I have everything that a business owner should have in order to sustain their business. I need to be able to have those tools in place to know how am I operating? Not only where am I currently, but where am I trying to go? How am I trying to grow this business? What does the future of this business look like? And so I'm really fortunate to be able to have that experience and those tools in my toolkit. In order to be able to do that.
0: So very often I talk about and you're hitting on something I I like to talk about a lot, and I call it the kind of skill set mindset equation, right? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who have a skill at a certain thing, right? But then they forget about the business part, right? So you make the best cookies in the world, but you don't know what a PL is, you know. <laughs> You've never even heard of that, or mm-hmm. revenue <laughs> projections, or what do you mean? What does it cost to make the product? I, I don't know. So And fundamentally, you know, in some of the exercises that I do with entrepreneurs, you start to back into that and work into that and they go, oh, okay, now I understand I would go bankrupt in six months if I actually did it this way, you know, so (laughs) what do you see as a mistake because you're in a field that a lot of people are in, right? In, in, in different variations, right? It's kind of like the speaking world too, for me, like when we go to our speaking events and we go to our, like the speak the conventions that the speakers go to, we go and then you see the swath of people that all call themselves speakers. Some of them are making, you know, $10,000 and some of them are making a million dollars a year, but we all call it. So you have a lot of people who call themselves makeup artists. What skills do you think are probably most important outside of the actual skill of, of, and technicality of, of doing makeup properly or the artistry of makeup, what business skills would you suggest someone learn immediately before they even thought about whether going into that business or just in general as, as an entrepreneur?
1: Sure. I, I think the skills, actually I know from personal experience, the skills that are needed are those business skills that um, I've kind of already alluded to, but learning how to create a market plan like literally knowing how to create a business plan that outlines your your market. What does your current market look like? What does your client look like? What? How much should you be charging? What is your competition charging? You need to understand the landscape of the industry that you're going into. And so makeup artists need to know all of that before they market themselves as a business. Like this is truly a highly competitive space, um, especially with the um, popularity of social media and everybody has a YouTube channel and everyone's on IG and all of that. But those of us who really thrive and are able to grow as makeup artists and beautypreneurs is, is actually what we're, we're called when we start to adopt this business mindset and we're able to grow beyond just doing a $50 face. I mean, we've been able to grow to work with hundreds of clients for one event and corporations are calling us to, to be able to provide services for them. And you don't get to that space unless you understand how to run the business like a business. And so I am constantly surveying the market and finding out what's the competition doing. How can I align myself with, um, you know, to make sure that I'm, I'm remaining ahead of the competition? What should my pricing look like? who is my target audience and speaking directly to my target audience on IG, knowing who they are and speaking the language so that I'm constantly captivating their attention. There's a certain level of skill that's required there as well. And again, understanding business tools. So understanding literally how to even just accounting principles, how to like manage your books, how to use QuickBooks, you know, being able to do all of those things are hugely beneficial if you want to become a beautypreneur and be successful as a makeup artist this is a this is truly a cutthroat business
0: so one of the things i find interesting in this business similar to services type businesses is there's this kind of battle between labor time and value and what i find is a lot of times with solopreneurs or people you know having their kind of businesses they discount their time they, they don't take in account their actual labor when when making the decision right they say okay i'm going to charge fifty dollars for something right and they see their labor and see themselves as a zero cost when their time has value. And they don't consider that in a conversation about margin or consideration about markup or profit, right? They just go, I charge fifty dollars, I made fifty dollars. You know, I had ten dollars in products and I charged somebody seventy dollars, so I made sixty, and your time was zero. What what advice would you give people who are maybe stuck in that? I'm just gonna set my pricing not based on the value that I bring or the outcome for the client or anything like that. Um, Because that's one of the things that changed in my consultancy. Once I understood that I needed to be thinking about ROI, my pricing went way up, my profit went way up, and and my need for an abundance of clients went way down because I was doing more per transaction. So how have you handled, because I'm sure you've dealt with it, especially early on, because you're just trying to get on right you're just trying to oh yeah I'll come there and do this real quick you, you, I think you alluded to it in the the $50 face you know kind of deal how mm-hmm. would you advise people on how did you deal with going from just maybe discounting your discounting yourself or your labor your personal labor and now getting more to a value-based or a package-based or a, a day rate or you know those kinds of things Sure.
1: So that's such a great question. And I see that happen quite often. Um, I work with a number of I call them my makeup by Holly beauty partners. There's 20 of them throughout Maryland, DC, North Carolina. And one of the things that I'm doing is not only giving them additional business, but also helping to mentor them so that they can run their their beauty business like a business. And so helping them to understand what is their value. You have to understand what your value is and incorporate that into your base rate so that you're not only getting compensated for your products, you're getting compensated for your service, but you're also getting compensated for your time. And so when I finally figured that out and and it didn't take me long, Corey, believe it or not, it didn't take me long to figure that out. You're absolutely right. It became more of a value-based service that I offer and people realize that, you know, time is money. And so the artist needs to also understand that their time is worth something. And so they need to figure out what that looks like to them. And it may vary if they're, if they're just entering into the beauty space, you know, it may be, you know, they may be at $75 a face. you know, 50 of which is for their service and, but they need to also pay themselves. So $25 may be yes. the amount that they're paying themselves. Um, and so they need to understand what that looks like. So it shouldn't just be based on, well, I, I spend X amount of dollars on products. So it's $25 for the products that I'm utilizing. And twenty-five dollars for my services, and so I'm going to charge fifty dollars. Well, what's left for you? What money are you going to even, you know, put back into the business? So you need to think about oh, right. all of that, like products. Of course, your inventory. You need to consider that. You need to consider your time. What is your time worth? You, and you mean need to, I'm not
0: just doing this to get my pay my bills. <laughs> my no, bills you,
1: need bills, my you need to pay your bills, but you need to.
0: Why? And I just need that to. to and now I'm in business, it's not that simple?
1: It's not that simple, trust me, it's not that simple.
0: <laughs> so so let me ask you this. So I mean, the beauty business is big business, there's a ton of people. And I think you, you probably have dealt with this a little bit because you, you have to where anybody, I mean, anybody could say they're a makeup artist, right? I mean, they could have done some YouTube tutorials and said, hey, I'm a makeup artist and or they can you know, uh, just purport themselves to be that. How do you deal in an industry where there is a commodity factor to it. How do you try to stand out in that area? And how do you deal with just bad artists? Like people just, you know, are giving bad advice or have just, you know, uh, we talked off air before we came on about the emergency root canal that I had, right? And, you know, when I, I was in Las Vegas, when it happened, uh, getting ready to speak to 300 people and, you know, that dentist looked at my mouth and he's like, who did you let who butchered this root canal? Right. So it was just and I thought my dentist was the greatest guy on earth until he jacked up my root canal and and caused this problem for me. So I think it also gives people a bad taste. Right. Maybe you've dealt with that where someone's like, hey, I'd love to hire you. But I had such a bad experience with the last one. How do you deal with how do you deal with that competition where anybody can say, you know, they're a great artist and how do you overcome that and, and, and meet those challenges?
1: Great question. And so I always tell people the difference between someone who does makeup, I'm kind of doing my air quotes here, but someone who does makeup and a makeup artist is that a makeup artist is someone who has worked with a variety of clients not just their mama or their cousin but they've worked with a, they've been hired to work with a variety of clients who have a multitude of skin tones undertones and they've been again they've been hired to do so they understand not only how to apply a nice foundation but they understand an undertone just as much as they understand the skin tone they understand different face shapes and how to highlight and contour according to shapes. They understand corrective makeup techniques. They understand the fundamentals and the language of a makeup artist. It's not just, oh, I'm going to put on some foundation and some eyeshadow and consider it done it's a lot more to it. I mean, I'm a certified makeup instructor. I meet people all the time who think they're makeup artists and they do a good job, but they haven't worked with any more than again, their mama, their cousin, or somebody who let them do their makeup for free. And that doesn't make them a makeup artist. Like it really doesn't. And so the way that we kind of differentiate ourselves is letting folks know that we are certified. We've been trained at the highest level to apply makeup. To multicultural clientele, and again, we've been hired to do so, and we've delivered. And so, I meet clients who are apprehensive, as you alluded to earlier, and that they've had a bad experience with someone who's done their makeup. Um, and makeup can be very—I mean, it's a very personal thing, and it helps sure. to—and it helps to build confidence. So, if someone has had a bad makeup job and they're about to go on stage and talk to hundreds of clients, or you know, they don't feel their best, they don't feel confident. So, there's a huge right. level. of there's a huge level of pressure that's on us to make sure that they not only look their best, but they feel their best. And so when people come to me and they say, I had a bad job and I don't wanna look most often I hear the words, I don't want to look like a clown. And I and my yeah. response to them is, yes. Well, I don't want you to look like a clown either, trust me, because my <laughs> reputation's <laughs> on the line too. <laughs>
0: Right, right, for
1: sure. My, re- <laughs> My reputation's on the line. My team, you know, we're held to a very high standard and we hold that very sacred. And so we want to make sure again that people not only look their best but they feel their best. And so we give them that assurance by talking them through it and using makeup terminology that they un- that they can understand and they know that we know what we're talking about. So right. those are some of the things that make that make the difference.
0: So now, you know, how do you, I, just off topic, off the business topic real quick, <laughs> how, how do you deal with people, like, so you do a lot of work for photography, right? You know, we're connected to Kim Brundage, who's been on the show also, uh, yes, who does great please. photography work. But like, you know, sometimes you create a picture that's so great, it raises the bar so much that then you meet, somebody meets somebody in person <laughs> and they're like, uh, yeah, that's not who was in the picture. Right? like how do you deal with that where maybe you made somebody look so great uh, you know i mean i pride myself on on looking the same in person holly did my makeup also for so any photos you see online with me in it um it's probably kim and holly's work but I, you know of course i look exactly the same but how do you deal i mean you know that that happens right you sometimes you create it's it's a can i it's an illusion to a certain extent
1: I mean, it can be and just kind of depends on the intention of the shoot, right? So I have clients who most of the time, my corporate clients want, they call it naturally enhanced. So they're like, I want to look like the best version of me, but I still want to look like me. I
0: love these words. (laughs) I love these. I love these. I'm I'm a big word person and and, and (laughs) impact that a word can have on somebody's psyche. So what was that word again? Tell me.
1: Naturally enhanced. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Naturally I love that. Naturally enhanced. I'm ready that Okay, go ahead. You make it make your point about that.
1: Because you're right. Make makeup can be very transformative in some cases. So if we're doing an editorial shoot for, you know, with a photographer, then yes, we may go a little bit more full glam. But the vast majority of our clients, again, are corporate clients. And they just want to look like the best version of themselves, but they still want to look like themselves so that when people see them out, they can identify them from their photo. And so you're, you're right. There's some cases where we've done a, pho- a photography shoot and people have looked very, very different. And they're like, oh, my God, like you don't look like that photo. And that was intentional. But we it's a conversation between our clients and us so that they know every step of the way how they're going to look even before I show them the big reveal in the mirror so that they're comfortable along the way and there's no big surprise at the end. So, I mean, again, that's another sign of a makeup artist and a professional is that you're having that conversation with the client so that they know what the expectation is and what the result will be.
0: All right, so I'm having this throwback moment. Now, you may not, there is a movie that was made, and there's a movie called I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. It was made a long time ago, and it was made by Keenan like, Ivory Wayans and, like, all the Wayans brothers. And there's a scene in that movie where Keenan Ivory Wayans meets this woman. She's a bar singer, and she's beautiful on, on the bar. She's great. Her hair, her makeup, everything's on point. Then they go back to the room, and she starts to take all, the, all of it off. She takes her hair off, she takes her eyebrows off, she takes like her her lip, like she just starts taking everything down to the one leg. She actually had a fake leg, and i 'm just thinking in this world of beauty, right there is some controversy to it right it 's not all you know butterflies right there 's the controversy of making people feel that certain things are unattainable, right? Sure. In terms of a look, you know, we look mm-hmm. at some of the celebrities, we look at some of the stars and, you know, a lot of us go, listen, if you had two hours of people, a, a team of Hollies, mm-hmm. right? Working. I mean, we mentioned you doing training under some people that work with Oprah, right? I mean, I mean Oprah would I tell you like right? 90 minutes to make that work. <laughs> it's 90 oh, minutes a day in a room to to put that <laughs> all on. So how do you battle that idea battle of that idea? people saying, you know, uh, the beauty side Versus the natural movement that you know Alicia Keys tried to talk about. I didn't go too deep into what she was doing, but this kind of no makeup movement or this natural movement. How do you you not know, deal with that?
1: That's a, again another great question, and it is something I'm good that at this. you are very good at your job. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. There is a movement where our clients are just the, the general public is becoming more educated. They're more informed about the products that they're putting on their faces and how those those chemicals and those ingredients can enter into their bloodstream and, and cause a variety of different um, ailments. And so there's a lot of movement around that. And just making sure that people, again, it's a conversation, making sure they're comfortable with what we're doing every step of the way. No surprises. They know exactly what we're using product wise. Um, They know exactly how they're going to look when we're done and they're comfortable. There's also education and training that we're doing along the way. So as we're doing it, if they want to replicate these looks when they go home, because they're not always going to be able to hire us. I wish they would. They can call us, you know, we will travel, um, but they're not always able to, to have us on location. So we educate them while we're doing their makeup so that they can replicate these looks Or at Mm -hmm. least, you know, the fundamentals of what they're doing. But I mean, I am a firm believer that, you know, makeup is just something that should enhance a woman's natural beauty. And that varies from person to person with however comfortable she's, you know, is in applying it and how much she wants to wear. But ultimately, it's that inner beauty that's radiating outward. And so, you know, I know social media, especially IG, you see a lot of that bold makeup and it's over the top and it's really in your face. And that's fine for, you know, for those who enjoy that. Um, I think everybody should own it and just be true to who they are and do what makes them feel good.
0: All right, last question for you, and then we're going to move on to some fun stuff, stuff. Um, talk about your pre-entrepreneur moment. But if you had, what is the impact, in your opinion, of having studied business before starting this business? What's the impact of that? Like, how how do you feel like you have accelerated? Like, had you skipped that and said, you know what, I've studied makeup, I'm great at makeup, and that's that's the key I'm a makeup artist and I'm working with all these people but I didn't study the business piece I just dove into the passion how do you think that affected your ability to accelerate your business
1: Oh, I think it, it, it definitely um, affected it in a positive way. Because again, I understand how to run it like a business. And I understand that they're, you know, having a, having a business plan was essential. And that's not something I realize not everyone has gone to college, not everyone has a business degree. Um, and, and it's okay, there are other Resources that they can utilize in order to help them get some of that same business acumen. And so, I mean, there are associations, you know, I'm really fortunate to be connected to the Metropolitan Business League which helps to provide education, training, financial resources. They help with business plan development, you name it. You know, so everyone doesn't have to have that educational background, but I do highly recommend that they get the resources they need. The Small Business Association has a number of workshops. The Chamber of Commerce, it's a number of organizations either, you know, in your locality or even online that people can utilize in order to get the business acumen they need in order to be successful and to grow their businesses and to sustain those businesses. I've been doing this for almost 20 years and that's, that's not easy in any industry, but especially sure. in such a highly competitive industry as the beauty business. And so, you know, just continue to be, I'm a perpetual learner. I'm always learning. I'm always, again, going to meetings, association meetings, networking meetings. I know NABO is a great organization, um, EW Women, Fab Women, um, Achi, there's a number of great organizations that people can connect themselves to in order to to get that, again, that business acumen, to network with like-minded individuals. That's key. If you want to be mm. successful in any industry, put yourself around other people who are successful and doing great things and who aren't afraid to share their resources and their knowledge to help you grow. Um, getting a business coach, that's another thing that I would recommend, you know, if you want to just get a business coach. That? Yeah. <laughs> You guys I mean, I'm telling you, it's invaluable to learn from people who are successful in their own right and are, you know, and who will share those keys to success with you.
0: Awesome. I love it. So tell us, what would you say is one of your craziest entrepreneurship moments? <laughs>
1: One of my craziest entrepreneurship moments, oh, my gosh, there, there seems to be so many because, as you know, it's like a roller coaster when you're an entrepreneur. But I would say I had a big event, and I mean big. We had 800, and I'm not exaggerating. There were 800 people in attendance okay, at this event, okay. and we were doing on location hair and makeup for this corporate event. And so we walk in as the beauty team, there's like 20 of us and we walk in as the beauty team and we are getting set up and we're all set up and we're ready to go. We'd already done our high fives and we're all like supercharged and ready to go. And I realize, oh my God, I don't hardly have on any makeup. I had on one lash, like I was in a hurry. So I had on one lash. <laughs> I mean, apparently it was all about the business and making sure that I was set up for that, that I forgot to focus on me, right. which I'm the person, I'm the face, right? So people are going to, yes. like I'm the welcome committee. Like people are going to be looking at me like, you don't really know what you're doing because you have one lash on yes. and you no lips yes. and like, what is going on with you? And so fortunately somebody tugged on me and they were like, Holly, you may want to go look in the mirror. <laughs> And sure enough, I went and looked in the mirror, and I was mortified. I was like, "Oh my God, I can't believe I was going! I was out there, you know, looking, looking like I don't know what I'm doing." So you I quickly, naturally enhanced. I was not <laughs> naturally enhanced, not even a little bit. So I quickly regrouped and got myself together. Um, but yeah, that's just one of the funniest, one of many, many stories as an entrepreneur. It's a nonstop roller coaster. <laughs>
0: Yeah, listen, you're being so committed to your clients that you forgot about yourself. That's one that's that today's work, right? <laughs> oh, okay, awesome. All right, so we're going to move to the entrepreneurship rapid fire section. In this segment, I'm going to ask you some questions so people can get some insight into what makes you tick as an entrepreneur. Just give all us right. the first answer that pops off your head, okay? Okay. Are you ready?
1: I don't know. Let's see. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: You'll do just fine. It's the trivia question that people sweat over. So this one, <laughs> all right, PC or Mac? PC. What's your favorite credit card to run your small business? Visa. Physical planner or digital planner?
1: Physical planner. I'm old school. <laughs>
0: what's your favorite software right now to manage your business?
1: QuickBooks. Can't live without it.
0: Starbucks, Dunkin' or other?
1: Starbucks.
0: <laughs> what's your what's your Starbucks.
1: I love Carmel Macchiato, skinny okay,
0: you and Okay you and the 100 million that's not even original
1: It's for thank good reason card. it's good stuff.
0: Thank you card or thank you email.:
1: Oh, thank you card. handwritten notes. It's, it doesn't get any better than that.
0: When it comes to reading, are you hardcover, tablet or an audio book kind of gal?
1: Hardcover. I love to smell the book and hear the pages turn.
0: say that. <laughs> What would you say is your next big goal?
1: My next big goal is to grow my brand internationally. Mm. And we're already taking some steps in order to do that. So I'm very excited about what the next six months has in store.
0: I love that. Final question. One day with any mentor, mentor, who's alive? alive. Who would that person be?
1: be? Oh, hands down, Oprah Winfrey. (laughs) Hands down, Oprah. Oprah. Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) All right. Fantastic. fantastic. Well, let's see. Hopefully we'll be able to make that happen at some point in time, right?
1: I'm only one degree of separation, so I'm going to continue praying about it.
0: (laughs) That's that's what I'm talking about. So in our final segment, we call it entrepreneurship trivia. So I'm going to ask you a trivia question. It is multiple choice, right? If you get the question right, I'll be making a $25 donation to the charity of your choice. Are you ready? Yes. In 1960. Tom Monaghan, founder of Domino's, started his first pizzeria with a insert-the-blank bank loan. Today, Domino's Pizza is worth $4.6 billion. So here's the option. You're picking the amount. Option A is a $300 bank loan. Option B is a $900 bank loan. Or option C, $1,500 bank loan.
1: I'm going to go with option B.
0: Option B, $900. Yes. Is that your final answer? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Answer B, $900 is actually correct. (laughs) Congratulations. You got it right. Most people do not get these questions uh, right on the air. So awesome. (laughs) Um, Who will be making that donation to today?
1: I would love to make the donation to Girls for a Change. It's a wonderful organization at Angela Patton is founded and is doing phenomenal things with young african-american girls in our community so that's my organization of choice
0: nice girls for change all right girls we will get change, that information and make sure we get that done holly how can people we're wrapping up now how can people get in touch with you connect with you get in your in your sphere of influence and just <laughs> what you're doing the whole deal what, what's your info for people
1: Fantastic. Thanks, Corey. So people can reach out and find Makeup by Holly and Makeup by Holly Beauty Partners. Um, Our website is makeupbyhollybee.com. You can find us on social media under Makeup by Holly, as well as Makeup by Holly Beauty Partner. We're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, you name it. You can find us throughout all of those social media channels. And also for those who would like to become connected to our beauty inspiration network, you can text the letters M-B-H to 31996 to get daily inspirations, to get VIP specials, and all sorts of great opportunities.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for joining the show today.
1: Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate it, Corey.
0: Well, this has been another edition of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. As always, I thank you for tuning in and to find out what we're doing to help entrepreneurs beat the odds and build their business, make sure to visit our all new website at CoreyMosley.com. As always, I leave you with this. Keep the mind sharp, the vision clear, the resolve strong, and you will make it. I'm Corey Mosley, and I will see you next week. Are you still there? I just want to say thank you again for listening to this podcast. Our podcast is distributed to several different sources like iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud, plus, of course, our own website. And it would mean so much to me if you like the show to leave a review. It, of course, helps to build our popularity, but it also helps us come up in search engines so we can reach as many entrepreneurs as possible. So can I count on you to leave a review? I know I can. Thanks again, and I look forward to sharing with you next week.